I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Nick Reinhardt and Isaac Archuleta, two of the three partners in Money Mailbox. Unfortunately, Nate Schroeder was, uh, <laughs> Has a, has a candle situation. He was unable to make it today. His power's out. So um, the, the, the beauty of technology, when it works, I guess we, we need electricity to go with that technology. But um, first, let me just say thank you guys for coming on the show today. Thank you for taking out the time. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Of course. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, let's start. Tell, tell us your story. Tell us a bit about yourselves. And then, you know, we'll, we'll go into sort of money mailbox from there. So just just give us a little bit of background, you know, even individually as well. Of course. Isaac, you want to kick it off? Uh, I mean, sure. It all starts with your first rental. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, background on me um, growing up, I was an athlete. I loved athletics. And then I uh, made my way into collegiate sports, walked on a uh, uh, football team. And after uh, going through business school, I kind of got into uh, sales and um, I actually stumbled into sales by getting a college internship to cold call for a summer um, for a company called ADP. And then uh, did a couple years of business to business sales there. And then I got picked up by a surgical company to do medical device sales for uh, the last five years. And um, really my story and my why of like kind of why I'm on this and why I like my life has taken shape of what it has is I got infatuated with real estate at a young age, uh, right around 25, I bought my first rental. And um, ever since then, it has been the secret sauce to everything that I do. And the reason why I think it's psychological, uh, financial, but also it also is uh, it's a it's a goal. Uh, for my life, I finally have a template of what I want my life to look like. And it all involves some sort of accrual of money in real estate. So my story is I bought my first rental at 25 years old. Uh, my I, I got done with college and my um, parents offered that I could live at home. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So then I can save up some money because I would like to, I wanted to buy a truck. And uh, I saved up about 50,000 living at home for a year and a half and spending no money. And then I, my dad was like, well, why don't you maybe buy a truck later and finance that later? Cause it's only, you know, 500 bucks a month. And uh, maybe if you just buy it, buy a house. Cause you can always pick up a truck payment later. And it made a lot of sense to me, but I was kind of scared because I was the first one of my friends to buy a house. I was only 24 at the time and then turned 25 and um, so anyways, I bought my first rental and I um, I felt afraid of the mortgage payment. Um, so I put down a larger down payment, put down 20%, try and get that payment low. And um, my mortgage was about 1850 at the time. And um, so I was like, well, you know, I'm way out in the suburbs. Who's going to live with me, you know, way out here. Um, so I just charged low rent, charged like $600 for uh, the other bedrooms. And I lived in the basement. Um, so I had about $1,800 coming in about $1,800 on a mortgage and I was living, uh, without cost. 
So every paycheck that came in, I was accruing was a couple thousand dollars that was clean um, that I didn't have to pay out to rent or to a mortgage. And I started to realize I was starting to peel away from the pack that my, my friends couldn't save that much. My career was starting to get into sales where I was starting to earn high. And then I kind of like stumbled across this whole idea of, well, I was refreshed by the idea of rentals when I was in college. I was always like, man, who owns these rentals? He's got, and, and I went to drop off a check at this guy's house and I, I saw his house was freaking huge in Boulder. I went to see you and then I got infatuated. I was like, this guy owns a lot. And he told me, he's like, well, if you want to renew, I've got a couple other ones. And my house was a six bedroom with 10 guys living in it. And each of us was paying like a thousand bucks. So this guy's raking six G's and it was paid off. And I was like, well, you got probably multiple of these. So in college, I got inspired. I bought my first house. And then I started to realize like the big dogs have a lot of these. So then I started to get on this itch of wanting to buy more. And that's how I did it. I basically moved out of that single family home and I moved into a duplex and I subsidized my portion of the um, uh, financial obligation each month by offsetting with one side, getting rented out and then having a roommate in my side living for free. And that was the secret sauce that propelled me. And now I, I own um, six properties, nine doors. And um, that has set me on just a totally different trajectory than my peers. And um, it's been really fun to unwind the why behind that um, and understand like what has happened in that time. But that's essentially where I'm at now. I still work surgical, uh, medical device, W2 job. I run a, a real estate rental portfolio of six. Um, I own a consulting agency uh, that consults to uh, construction and landscaping. Um, and uh, I also do Money Mailbox, which is helping to give back to people to help them understand how to get into this model of creating a lot of money uh, within properties. Um, and then that's just the baseline to get me to retirement. My main goal is to pay off my six homes. Um, I think that I can do that hopefully in the next couple of years. And then if I can do that, uh, I truly am financially free. Uh, each one will rent out for about $3,000 on the six of them. It's $18,000 a month and you're, you're pretty clean set here. So I think I'm, um, that's my life story in a nutshell. And I think it's just getting going because when what me and Nick talk a lot about is when you get to the place where finance and time are not constraints, you can really shoot for the moon. And I think that that's where a lot of the people that really blow up companies uh, are playing in because they don't have that uh, fiduciary responsibility to their household if the bills don't get paid and things like that. Um, and that's really the optimal um, state that I want to get to. And I'm hoping to get there sooner than later. Sure. That's great. That's great. I, uh, I can kind of tie these stories together too. Yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's hear about you, Nick. And we'll, we'll I, I do have some uh, you know, sort of questions and comments related to that but let's let's get your background too and then we'll kind of um yeah we'll definitely tie everything together and, and dive in and absolutely. where it, where it seems seems fitting yeah absolutely so somewhat similar uh we actually grew up uh just a town away from each other in colorado we both went to boulder um that's where we met each other was up at college and so after college i um really was finding myself struggling with corporate life i didn't enjoy it. I really wanted to start something myself. So I continued to come up with ideas, but I knew that wasn't the smartest path forward. And I was trying to find a vehicle to be able to um, create my own business while also leveraging a W-2 job. 
And so um, you fast forward a few years, I'm really trying to establish my corporate career. I work in technology now, um, but Isaac had bought his first house. And so um, we were messaging about it. I said, hey, let me come over. We'll make a steak, um, you know, brought over some whiskey, that type of thing. And he was walking me through this whole idea of house hacking. And I was like, well, that's the vehicle I'm talking about. I can create my own business. I can work it on the side of my W-2. Um, it offsets my biggest expense, which is my living expense. I loved it. And so at first I said, hey, Isaac, um, you know, why don't we do this together? And he just kind of looked me in the face and said, you know, uh, I'm good with doing that eventually, but I only want to do that with people that, you know, are proven. So go do this yourself a few times and then let's talk. And so uh, he kind of just called me out. Right. And so what had happened there is that's exactly what I did. I moved into meet our third partner's um, first house hack. And that was so we could both save money. That allowed me to save money first down payment. And I got into my first duplex where I rented out one side and lived in the other. And then I just did that one year after another because I was saving. Um, I wasn't paying my largest expense with housing and it allowed me to just move one to the other. And so now at this point I have three duplexes, six doors, and um, that's kind of where the, the beginning of Money Mailbox had started, which, you know, we can get into, but a, just a little bit more about me. I agree with Isaac completely because the second that I started the real estate journey, um, well, back up to when I went and met with Isaac, I was actually in a kind of tough place. I was um, in between jobs because of the hurricane that had occurred in Houston, and that's where my employer at the time was based. And so uh, that employment had ended and I had to find a job. I was working at a liquor store in downtown Denver, barely being able to afford rent, needing to borrow money, things of that nature. And I was applying like crazy. And I just kept telling myself, hey, the second I get a job and I was really focused on technology because in my mind, that's the future of the world. So I wanted to get stand in front of big money and the future of the world. Thought that was a smart decision. And so in my eyes, I said, the second I get this job, I am putting my head down and I'm not quitting. I'm not letting anyone beat me. And so I got um, my big break at a company um, called Exactly Corporation, got in as a consultant there and man, oh man, I put on blinders and I went. So what I mean by that is my alarm set 4 a.m. every day. I was in office by five. I had three hours of work done before anyone else had even shown up. And that enabled me to have three extra hours during the workday to be talking with mentors, to be uh, studying and learning more about real estate, to prepare myself, you know, for these next steps that I wanted to make both in my corporate career, but also on the side. And so I then got into my first rental um, about seven months later. And I agree with Isaac completely. What that did for me was it gave me purpose. I knew that I wanted to continue to um, grow in my corporate career because that would enable me to then, um, that would be the, the gas, I guess, to enable me to continue to scale my portfolio, which eventually leads to financial freedom. And so both just kind of compounded together. And um, over a period of five or six years, I just kind of put my head down. I was working my tail off at work and then I would come home on the weekends and I'd be doing you know, a flip or a project. I'd be uh, doing some type of something to a rental, a uh, construction project, putting in a new kitchen, anything I could to just really continue to drive toward what my goals were. And five or six years later, um, I kind of brought my head up 
And I said, okay, take a breath and assess, where are you at? Um, and at that point, you know, I found myself in a position where um, there really wasn't in, any looking back or going back to where I was. I found that if I just continued doing the things that I was so accustomed to doing, that I would be okay. Um, and so, and especially in a better position than where I found myself. So at that point, it was one of these times where I said, well, um, I am right at the stage before, you know, um, we really start thinking about that next phase in life where potentially kids and things of that nature come. And um, we'd really put in the hard work over these last, you know, 25 to 30-ish time frame of my life. And so we had a lifelong goal and it was to move to uh, a big city, New York City to be uh, exact. And so we leveraged the fact that we have this, you know, cash flow coming in and we we made a dream happen. We moved to Brooklyn, New York, uh, just about six, seven months ago and um, still maintaining my rental portfolio, still working my W-2 job. And um, of course, still working with Isaac and Nate when it comes to Money Mailbox. So um, yeah, that's kind of how the stories all came together. Awesome. Awesome. I love, I, there's a couple of like really important points that I think people listening and people you know, sort of wanting to get started in real estate need to focus on here in these stories. And and yes, they're similar and obviously intertwined your, your business partners now, but the, the, the intentionality at like young ages, right? You guys were, you know, sort of just post-college. Um, and it, one thing that I think a lot of people and, and, believe me, I, I like missed, I missed this window. I, I, <laughs> I worked a lot, but I didn't know anything about like doing smart things with it. I did some, I, it's not entirely true. I did. I, I owned my, I always knew I wanted to own my own house. And so I bought a house also at 25, lived in it, had roommates. Like I did all those things, but I'm older mm -hmm. than you. And so we didn't, nobody knew what a house, nobody called it a house hack. Nobody, we didn't have like special terms for it at the point, at that point, but I didn't ever think to sort of take it and scale it from there, I I realized like, hey, look at this, I can live for free because I've got the roommates to pay my my mortgage and whatever. And I I knew there was benefit to there and I, I renovated and like I did, I did it, but I didn't, I didn't know I could do it more, right? I didn't know I could go and get like, let's get five or six of these things and kind of keep that process going. So the, what I what I really get excited about is when I talk to to young people, because one thing you don't realize is when you're, you know, in college, after college, shortly after that, before you before you get to the point where you have like a family and kids and you're maybe you have, you know, a really um, busy W-2 job, whatever the case may be, you have way more time than you think you do. Mm -hmm. Right. There's there's way more time, way more free time than you think you do. And so. The intentionality that you both showed to kind of put that to work and uh you know you, you said you got up early and went to went to work and and used that time effectively is really impressive and i and i like <laughs> i harp on it because what i get like really passionate about seeing young people get into real estate because the one of the most powerful things in real estate is time right like you, we know over time it's just it's gonna go up right there's mm -hmm. there's ebbs and flows but over time it's gonna go up and so <laughs> You know, aside from the fact that you've got these cash flowing properties, the value in those properties is going to just continue to go up. So um, really great that, that you guys have, have done that and sort of put in the work. The other piece of that that I think people need to realize is, you know, you're talking that you said years, right? Five, mm -hmm. six years. Like a lot of people will say, I'm going to work hard for 
you know, I'm going to work hard. And then they get a month into it and they're like, nothing's happening. This is, this isn't worth it. <laughs> and it's, it does take years, but like ye years in the span of your life, like five years in the span of your life is so worth it to get to the point where you guys are at now, where it's like, you're looking at financial freedom, you're moving to the places you want to live be just because you can, like there's, there's so much that goes along with it and you're, you're still young and have, you know, 50, 60, 70, who knows how long we're all going to live, but yeah. you have a lot of time ahead of you. And, and like the five years of, of working hard and growth sets you up to, to be in a position to then dictate what happens next, right? Like that yeah. next phase. Mm -hmm. So I, I just two things that I, I really wanted to kind of point out to, to listeners, but also, I mean, just commend you guys on, on taking those steps. Um, Thank you. Early on. Jason, if I, if I may, I'll also say too, and you know, I'd love for you to your thoughts on this, but I'd also say in that phase of your twenties, you have a whole lot more energy um, during that phase. So yeah. not only do you have more time, if you really want to prioritize that time, but it's also, you have the energy to do it. You get to yeah. a point where you kind of get, I don't want to say tired or burnt out, but you get to a point where you start to uh, prioritize other aspects of life versus that, that time where we really get ahead. And so what we always talk about and what we, you know, have seen through our life experience thus far is when folks get to the point of, you know, having children or they're far enough into their corporate career, say in their mid thirties, forties, that's typically the time where they start thinking about things like this. But at that point, they don't have the time or the energy to do it. And so, um, you know, we talk about it all the time. If we could redo it, we would go back and we would have started learning about this stuff in college. And we would have had a plan coming out of school um, to enable ourselves to get into that first house hack right away, because that's also the time in your life where you know the most people that are going to need housing and aren't out there buying their own house. So those are the times to take advantage of, um, to your point. So, yeah, no, you're right. And I would say, um, you know, that that sentiment is true. The one thing I will, I guess, push back a little bit on is saying, you know, you, people thinking about it later on in life, because I was one of those people saying you don't have time and you don't have the energy. You do. You, right. It's there. Yeah. You yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it's it's mindset, right? It's, it, right. it's it, you've gotten in a comfort zone, right? right. So you, exactly. that's what really happens. Like I can tell it, like I'm 48, like I didn't really start thinking about this stuff until about five years ago. And mm -hmm. um, it was... Like I said, do I wish I could go back and have put more intentionality and scale and into my, you know, what I was doing with real estate? Like I, I worked in construction since I was a kid. Like I can build you a house. Like I know what, yeah. <laughs> like I know what to do and I just didn't necessarily do it at scale. So it, it's, I do feel now that I'm, you know, in a way playing a little bit of catch up um, and I have kids and so that you're you're pulled in more directions for sure, but I don't, I don't, I think a uh, saying that, you know, you don't, you don't have the energy or you don't have the time is, is a limiting belief and they're limiting beliefs that I had, right there. It's, I'm not, you're, you're right in the sense that that's what people think, but right. what I want to, what I want to, I guess, point out to that is just to make sure that like, you're just holding yourself back by, by giving yourself an excuse essentially to right. not do it because you can do it because again even at like you know we're talking about 
that that first five years, I think, is the key, right? No matter what age it is, right? The first five years is the key to really establish a foundation and then and then start your growth and really decide what's my path going to be from there. And it's five years if you're 20, it's five years if you're 40. Yeah. It's it, it's still five. You still, have, I still have a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, my five years is say it's the 45 to 50 part of yeah. my life, but like, I still have, I hope I don't die at 50. Like I still, <laughs> I still Absolutely. have life to live after that. And, and, and family and kids that I want to set up with, think, you know, set, teach them this stuff. So they, you know, if my kids know about this now when they're young and I, you know, they kind of just have exposure to it, well, then they can do whatever they want. And this is kind of the third part of, of your stories is sort of leveraging your jobs, your W-2 career, whatever that is, like in sales, tech, like finding, finding something that will or you have the ability to earn a good income and then mm -hmm. using that, you know, so many people say, I want to get into real estate because I want to quit my job. Fine. Yeah. You might want to do that someday. That's okay. But don't do it too early. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I think if, especially if you work at McDonald's or like you, you work in a place where it's, you know, sort of a, a, a minimum wage job working in McDonald's is fine if you, if you love it, but like, if you're working a job that you don't have the ability to impact your own income, your own earnings, like with sales, like you can sell more and make more. Like there's, there are certain career paths where you can do that. Tech jobs are, I agree with you, they are the future and they tend to, they tend to be um, paid as such. So you, you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, okay, if I want to look at how my life's going to be in five, 10 years, using that income now to sort of, I guess, treat future me instead mm -hmm. of treating present me, that that's really kind of a real key to, to leveraging that piece. And, and you both are doing that. And I think it's very, very smart. Yeah. Regardless of the, uh, I guess what I would say to that is to get anything in life, you have to give something up. That's just how life works for the most part, unless you're handed something. So uh, the majority of the time, that's your time. You have to give up your time and you have to pick to your point. It doesn't need to be in a certain time frame, but A, the earlier you get started, real estate's a compounding game. Mm -hmm. And then B, um, regardless of that time frame, you need to give up that time. You need to put in the time to you know, educate yourself, surround yourself by mentors. You become a little obsessed with it. And it does turn into a passion. It has to other, you know, because life's hard. You don't gain anything by it being easy. Otherwise everyone would do it. So I think that's just a super important to me is regardless of the time frame, it's really, you got to give something up and it's going to be your time. And so when are you going to prioritize your future self and not live up to your means? You made the comment about, you know, a McDonald's type worker. Well, what I would say is regardless of what, situation you're in you should be focused on um eliminating your expenses then so don't just focus on your income potential of course that's one goal but also eliminate that expense and what's the best way to do that go live with friends with uh you know parents go understand what opportunity is near you to lower your expenses and do it execute it implement that yeah. 
And then that will enable you to take some risk to say, I'm going to go try this other job. That's, you know, a sales role where it's 90% commission based because I have a lower expense. I can afford to do that, but there's way more upside. And the second that upside happens, leverage it. And I, I think that's the key is no matter what your position you're in with life, you can make moves to, to gain traction toward the ultimate goal. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think that's a great point. I think it's, it's just too many people get stuck in either the, that comfort zone, which is, which is, I guess, easy to do, but almost, I almost feel like a lot of people even get comfortable in, with discomfort. Yeah, but it's like a steady state discomfort. So they don't, you know what I mean? They don't change it, right? So it's like, they may have a job that doesn't, you know, doesn't make quite enough money. And they may have, you know, debt that that they can't quite keep up with, but they just, that's, that's what they're used to. And so they kind of stay in that, in that zone. So yeah, you're right. Figuring out the, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot like, uh, you know, the, 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 the principle behind it is, really a simple math equation right like decrease expenses increase income mm -hmm. right and then and then use that difference that extra money and put it into assets that will uh cash flow appreciate whatever it is and generally that's real estate so um yeah i i, I love what you guys are doing and and kind of you know getting it done uh early in life um Tell, tell me, talk about mailbox money. What's the or money mailbox? What's the um, kind of principle behind it? What are you doing? I, I know you, you mentioned it to me a little bit, but let, let's have the listeners hear about it. Yeah. You want me to take that one, Isaac, or do you want to do it? Um, I'll, I'll just kick it off uh, with, a, with our, our, our mission statement is we're a fresh take on real estate investing. We believe that the average person should be able to get into real estate investing. And the reason why that they don't is a lack of knowledge. And I think that there is so many, there are so many forums out there. There are so many free YouTube videos, books, and we help our clients practically invest. And we don't make money off of like consulting it. We don't, we, 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 we want to help people by providing education so that they can go out there and feel confident to do it. But we literally documented every set, every step of it from, you know, how to close, how to get your property management set up, how to get your utility set up, your LLCs, your business bank accounts, structure it, how to write off your debt. Like we went into the depth that no one wanted to go because um, we felt like if we wanted to help and contribute back to society, that would be probably our one of our greatest contributions um, because finance is, uh, you know, finance is real and most people live paycheck to paycheck. And um, we we were able to document it all. So Money Mailbox is a, is a real estate education company. Uh, we provide a fresh take on real estate investing for the common person to get into real estate um, and accrue wealth. And uh, that's our mission. I'll add to that just a little bit. You know, when we talked about our personal journeys, the documentation started from the point that I was, you know, seven years ago working in that liquor store taking on debt. So what did we learn? when it became came to house hacking. What is house hacking? How do we implement that? Um, we even talk about in a free course we have, and it's on YouTube, it's on our website, what we determined um, our visionary course. Really that was the mentality behind, you know, getting yourself to a point where you can take that leap of faith. And so we talk about that decision moment and we talk about every, the misconceptions of real estate investing and just, you know, 
generally the, the thoughts we were going through in that phase. We we're documenting it, talking about it, and ultimately talked about how we made that leap of faith. And then we get into um, everything you can expect when buying a house. So now there's no surprises. We tell you exactly what your lender is going to need. We tell you exactly what your agent will need. We'll tell you exactly, you know, the, the type of information you need to make sure is of a certain status so that you can purchase real estate. Um, and then we go step by step through this journey. We started house hacking. We made a course on it. We got to a point where we scaled the portfolio a little bit and we had to really start putting in process to enable our scale. And um, so we started documenting that process and we learned the lessons. Mm -hmm. And the key for us is we didn't really have folks around us that had done this. Like both of our parents were sitting there saying, well, um, <laughs> we'll help you the best we can, but we've never really done this. So we don't know how you should be, you know, setting up your LLC or how you should set up your bank account um, to ensure the allocation of funds is happening appropriately. We don't know that stuff. Well, the second we found out we were doing it wrong or we, you know, found the mentor, read the book you know, we obsessed over it. And so we just distilled that all down in these courses. And then finally, the, the third course there is all around bookkeeping. And so we actually partnered with a real estate CPA, um, AKK, uh, Anna Klein, and uh, we brought her in. She's my CPA too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. we, uh, we brought Anna in and she, um, and we did a full course on uh, basically if you aren't using QuickBooks, if you have your first few rentals and you are leveraging a CPA, what do you do day by day, week by week to ensure your books are in a proper place to at the end of the year, hand it over to your CPA and you can relax. They're really happy with you because things are organized. And it's really, really simple. If you just break it down to simple weekly inputs. And so we walk through that full thing. She defines many definitions like depreciation and, and um, you know, we talk about 1031 exchanges and things like that. And she just really gets into the vocabulary and educates, you know, the common consumer. But ultimately, back to Isaac's point, we didn't know any of that when we first started. When I was, you know, in that phase um, that I had mentioned, didn't have any of these rentals. I knew none of this and no one around me was telling it. So the hardest part was being the implementer. But what we found was the second we distilled that down into very consumable pieces of information, a few things happened. Um, our conversations became a lot more valuable because we weren't just talking about those early phases, but we were answering questions about them. So people that were very interested and actually took the time to sit down and learn it, all of a sudden, all these conversations, we were growing off of them as well. And so were that. And we were learning together. Um, and then number two, to Isaac's point, I mean, nothing really fulfills us more than the fact that our network started doing this. So we saw people that went from, you know, not being able to afford rent some months to, okay, I need to really uh, focus on my spending. I'm going to move in with a friend and cut my exp living expense in half. Then I'm going to focus on saving, which will make me um, a lot more focused in my corporate career and doing better in sales that year, et cetera, because I now have a shiny, you know, goal uh, of buying that first rental. And then we've seen people implement that same strategy we did, and now life's different for them too. And so, um, you know, the, the premise behind Money Mailbox isn't just the education piece, but it's also bringing like-minded individuals together um, so that we can go on this journey together. Because I think what we were talking about is phases of life change. So once you go through that five-year head-down mentality, the world's your oyster. 
you have assets that you can deploy, you can go live out a dream, or you can double down and go buy apartments. Right. Well, those things become a lot easier if you're surrounded by like-minded individuals that have taken that leap already. And it's kind of a common understanding. So that's really the idea is creating that network and then of individuals and then be, you know, documenting the steps that we wish we would have had along the way. Yeah. Awesome. It's funny. I, I, I'm actually probably going to get the uh, bookkeeping course, but no, yes. I, not, not for me, my, this is like a totally aside, but it's just funny that like how this came up, but, but my, I'm, terrible with bookkeeping and I recognize that and like it's it's part of it like just as you said the the knowledge behind it right so what I recently found out is my mom was a bookkeeper for like eight years and for oh, like a large company God. and she was like I can do that for you I was like oh okay and then yesterday we were talking and she's like uh she's like I was thinking about maybe taking some courses on real estate bookkeeping I was like you know what there's there's one from my CPA that we probably could get you it's like that's hysterical coincidence um it's awesome but so I, I I love I really do love the message helping the helping the network and kind of helping them um essentially like realize and and get to that you know goal of of financial freedom owning rentals and all of that um it's it is certainly fulfilling. I feel the same way, you know, with with uh, doing real estate syndications, and so bringing in people within my network as investors, and like giving them distribution. Like, there's just stuff that it's it's really cool to kind of pass that message around. So um, awesome that you're you're doing that and and creating these courses and like helping people um, get you know sort of learn the things that you learned. I did want to ask you. You touched on a little bit, but like you said people don't know these things, you didn't know these things, and then you figured them out and you wanted to document that. How did you figure it out? Is this like a trial and error? Did you have mentors along the way? Maybe a combination of all these things, but like what what did you do to, you know, aside from becoming obsessed? I mean, and, and I think part of the reason I'm asking this question is because the information is out there, right? The oh, information yeah. is out there. And, and so when people say, I didn't know, or I, I don't, I could, you know, you literally can like YouTube just about anything, right? Like it's just, or, you know, go, go to, go to the courses like yours. There, there's just, it's with the way technology is right now, it's, there's kind of no excuse that that excuse should be gone. The, yeah. I don't know, or I couldn't figure it out or whatever, that excuse should be gone from people. So, but it's not, I mean, people still do it. So it's, it's how do you, how did you come upon the information and then how do you try to, I just get it out there. Like what's your, you know, what's your, your, your intake process and your output process. Um, I would say it's a, it's everything, but uh, I think that when you are desperate enough and you want it bad enough, uh, there's a flip that switch that, that you become hyper resourceful, you know? So I think that uh, for me, it was a, it was a book called uh, set for life by Scott trench. Uh, it's a bigger pockets book and it, uh, it, it infatuated me with the idea of getting my life back. And that's how, how I got the trigger. And then after that, for information, I mean, like, as far as leases and stuff, you're like, oh, okay, I got roommates moving in You're $600 a month. And what's the lease, you know, and then you start calling around to anyone that you know, that might know anything about that. And then you just follow the breadcrumb trail, you know, and, um, I think that that's the same with like, you know, home remodel, you know, like, 
all of a sudden, you know, you, you buy a house and the chandelier is just the ugliest thing you've ever seen. And you're like, well, do I pay for someone to come and do this? Or do I know how to hook this thing up? You know, you barely own a screwdriver. So it's like, there's a lot of things things that come with the process that you just are faced with a problem and uh you you this is where the winners win like this is what separates good from great and i think that this is where like when you have something and you're infatuated with it you just dig so you know you start getting on the phone and calling people you know and um that's a learned behavior in my opinion i think that most adolescent kids that come out of college don't have that innately unless they're raised a certain way so i think the, the finding information was like youtube books, uh, mentors. Um, but also I think like practical life experiences are the best because then you're not taking someone's information on what they think and just adopting their processes and thinking that it's better. So I think that a lot of my stuff, like I'm filing my taxes right now and I'm, um, rethinking the way that I submit my taxes and the format and how it works, right? Because I've taken other people's templates and, um, and, and the, the processes of how they do it and it's just not working for me. And so you have to be open to also re-envisioning and re-imagining and recreating and re-pioneering something that maybe doesn't even exist. And I think yeah. that is where I'm starting to find that like when people are saying they have excuses of why they can't do something, it generally is all excuses are going to sound valid because to the justification of the excuse, they are valid. But it's the fact that they, the why and the want isn't there of why they're seeking them. So I think that like when you say like, how did you find the resources? It really wasn't even a question of like how I find them. It's where are they? <laughs> and that was like the big switch. And Nick can testify to that too, because we were kind of like looking at all these different options. But what I came to find is like, if you find someone that's doing it right and they're doing exactly what you want to do, like, why would you look in a million different places and get confused? Like, I think for me, like my, my life uh, mentor is Grant Cardone and he is the most brilliant. He's doing exactly what I want to do in a larger scale. And so if I go study a million people on how to do a different, different businesses, like I'm going to have so many different ideas and, and philosophies. So you almost have yeah. to boil it down to one. So I think finding a mentor of someone that's doing kind of what you want to do and just sticking on their hip is probably the easiest because it's easy to get lost in the forums. That guy has leases. He has property management. He has how to fix up a house. He's got subcontractors. Like you can go one-stop shop under a mentor and, um, and solve a lot of these issues versus going so wide. And I think that that's where we bottleneck as a company. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would just add a couple things to that. Um, I think it's, it's not needed, but it's very helpful. Um, if you find someone in this, you know, in the same phase you are to go on the journey together, because there are certain things I found that Isaac found that Nate's found, um, and we share those things together. And that goes back to the whole premise behind that network is, you know, if we wanted to learn more about syndication, Jason, I'd come to you or I'd go to, you know, the developer that we're connected with and I, I would dive in. But right now, that's not necessarily my priority. And so um, I think the number one um, statement or thought that I was uh, um, listening to from Isaac there was the fact that um, when you start the journey <laughs> i think it's all about just starting don't let the don't let perfection be the enemy of progress find someone go out read books do youtubes i think the important key too is folks are willing to spend a lot of money on clothes on going out to eat on drinking on you know trips 
but maybe just pause for a month and invest all of that into education around a space that you're interested in. And, you know, to his point, and then start. The point of being an entrepreneur is you have the capabilities to make decisions for yourself. And so just because, you know, someone set something up in a certain way, the point of being an entrepreneur is understanding that, leveraging the fact that someone's willing to teach you that, and then making decisions for yourself. What works best for you in your current situation? You want to switch templates? You think uh, to yourself, hey, you told me to set up an LLC or a bank account this way. Well, I've done that. It's worked to this point, but now I'm ready, getting ready to scale. I'm going to go spend some money to get a CPA slash law firm to do you know, an audit of my systems and potentially come up with a new way to do this. But the point is, is you're not going to, by saying, hey, well, I need to be able to pay for a lawyer and an attorney right away to do that. There's your excuse. Now, all of a sudden, I have to save up five, 10 grand to put some, some money to that. And that's my, that's what's holding me back. It's like, just get started. Start reading, start implementing, and make sure that you're passionate about being an entrepreneur where you can make those shifts along the way. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you can just do that doesn't cost any money. So it, there, there are you know, sort of convenient excuses, but there are ways to, to get around them too, if you really want it. So I, I do think that it's the, it's just the, the drive, the desire, the desire, the obsession, whatever, you know, that you, you've decided I want this thing. And then if you want it bad enough, you'll, you'll go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I want to switch gears so I can uh, ask you the questions that I ask every guest. And I think yeah. some of them you've, You've actually highlighted a little bit, but uh, I'll give you the, the opportunity to expand. Um, first question I ask everyone is is uh, based on the name of the show being "Know Your Why." So um, I'll ask you each what what is your why, and you know, kind of what what's driving you at this point. And I do think uh, Isaac, you touched on this a little bit in the like what your why was, and I, I I'm curious if you feel like there's been an evolution as well for both of you, like starting. Mm-hmm. I think. A lot of people that do get started at a young age, that why can change quite a bit, you know, kind of over the years. So um, I want to give you each, each the opportunity to, to, you know, sort of expand on, on what your why is. Isaac, I'm happy to jump in here. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Just unclick my thoughts. Yeah. Um, so my why is it, it really hasn't changed because um, from the beginning of this journey, I realized that, um, and I was comfortable and okay with the fact that that things were going to change for me. And I wanted them to, that was the point. And so my why was going to shift over time. Um, and I think folks need to be comfortable with that, that it's okay yeah. that your thoughts and mentality toward just about everything in life will likely shift in some regard. Um, so it's about how you handle those shifts and you know how you navigate around them. Communication's key, especially in any relationships as it revolves around your personal and professional life. But my why has always been um, you know, the statement around don't let your current reality paralyze your potential. And so just to, you know, kind of paint the picture there, when I was working in the liquor store and collecting debt month over month, my, what I felt I was boxed into from a potential perspective was the next phase was I just need to get into, you know, that job I was really trying to get into and then hopefully get into a rental or so. My why has changed and that's okay, but regardless of the box I find myself in, I'm constantly looking at the next one. And so that's my why. And um, the other key here is it's not just about real estate. So in my opinion, life's about juggling. So all we're doing is juggling all these balls, but there's certain balls that are glass. So if you drop them, they'll break. They won't just bounce back up for you to grab and keep juggling. 
And so um, that don't let your current reality paralyze your potential statement um, applies to everything. It applies to how you are as a partner in a relationship. It applies to, of course, your corporate career, your investing, um, your family situation, giving back to communities. Like it, it doesn't stop. And, um, you know, that's where the passion comes in. But my why is just never being comfortable where I'm at and always wanting to do more for one of those buckets. So I've achieved, you know, what I wanted to from an investing perspective today. It's not going to end where, you know, this isn't the end of my investing career. I'm going to obviously have a plan. I'm going to utilize these rentals and go do more. But the point is, is I can now apply um, time and effort toward another one of those um, balls that I'm juggling and ensure that I'm not keeping myself in that same box there. Um, and then the second really key to that is I never want to be the person that says I'm going to do something and doesn't do it. And so if I'm telling myself, I'm going to go do this, that's, that's the whole point of being an implementer. And that's the point. That's the title of one of our courses. It's like how you go and actually be that person. Here's a step-by-step -step for rentals, but yeah. being an implementer is important to me. If I speak it into reality, I want to follow through on that. And so, of course, you're never going to be 100% um, of doing that, but that's really what drives me. That's my why, um, combining those two things. Cool. How about you, Isaac? Um, I think it's multifaceted, but if I were to boil it down, like I, I want to escape the rat race. I want out. I'm going to kick and scream till I get out. And that's, I think, my why. And there's a lot that goes into that, and but there's a lot more to that. Um, than that but i think that's the biggest issue that i have is i see my peers working uh harder than i am making less money than i am and going to work every single day with screaming kids and daycare and all the bullshit and it's just there's no way out and i just think that i empathize with that um because i haven't been there and it makes me frustrated that people have to go through that um knowing that there could there is a solution and i think that Right now, I'm a single guy, I'm 30, and I have the opportunity to, if everyone's preaching what they're preaching, and they say you can get out, like, I am the candidate that can do it. You are the candidate that can do it. Nick is the candidate that can do it, because it all starts in your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can live your whole life in the shade, if you want. And no one's going to bother you, and you can go collect your 401k. No one is going to bother you. You can live in the shade. I just refuse to do that because I know that there's sun out there and I can get glimpses of it. Nick and I are getting a little cash flow here. We're getting a house that's high on equity that you can pull money out tax-free as a cash out refinance and pad your bank account with hundred K because you want to like where there, there's so much that can get you out of the rat race. And I think I'm infatuated with that because what it is, is it's not necessarily like getting out of the system is the goal it's me getting my mind where i have no limiting beliefs yeah. and when i have no limiting beliefs anything is possible and my bible says that with god all things are possible and i put my faith in him and i as soon as i started really living my life like that anything is possible and i started thinking like this rat race thing is possible to get out of this helping a bunch of my peers and family members get out of debt is possible starting a consulting business and trying to push it to whatever you want to push it to is possible and it's about your mindset but it's also about enjoying your life and i think that too many people 
live life in the shade and, and creating excuses and sadness of, well, my life could have been. Um, and that's back to like what Nick was talking about. And Nick and I talk about it a lot. And Nick started it that don't let your current reality paralyze your potential. And um, I think that your potential is the inspiration and the heartbeat of your soul. And no one has the dreams that you have. And you are uniquely and distinctly made. And every single person is capable of that, but they first have to believe it. And belief and faith are the most important components of everything. Because if you don't believe in your vision, you don't believe in yourself, um, then it's really, you're going to live life in the shade. So I think my why is to escape the rat race, but it's multifaceted because it goes to the intrinsic fibers of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I love it. I, it's funny how, you know, and, and I can definitely sense it in you guys, same thing with me. Like when people, people get into real estate and maybe it, you know, maybe this is like, maybe it's not even specific to real estate. Maybe it's when you, when you figure out like, what's my path out, if you will, or my path to like that sort of financial time freedom. What's it, like, you almost become like evangelical about it. You're just like, why doesn't everybody do this? Like, do you, you should do this. So you like want to tell all your friends every, it's just like, you just believe me, dude, just right, come like, on. I'm doing it. You I can do it. For like, you. It's true. <laughs> and, and it's like, and it, it is true. It's, it's that's like, but you know, it's, it, it, it's not easy, but it is, it's true. Every, everybody, literally everybody could do it. Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I, I totally, you know, sort of get what you're saying. And I think that that message of like, let, that, that you're spreading to, you know, your community of, you know, look, we'll show you how to do it, right? Like this, mm -hmm. is, you can do this and we'll show you how is, is really great. Um, second question for you, T tell me something about you that uh, isn't common knowledge, special, special skill, a hobby, just to anything that um, you're comfortable sharing that lets people know you a little better. Hmm. Isaac? Um, common thing, I, I think I talk to myself like all day. I, I think that it's one of the weirdest things ever because um, I'm in medical device sales and by myself. I'm at running a consulting agency um, and I still have my business partner, but you're in your own head all the time. So I think an interesting thing about me is I think I'm talking to myself all the time, you know, because some people are on like, some people aren't like Nick's schedule is on Zooms, like literally all day. So like, you can't like right now you have to be engaged in conversation and, and, and interact with another person on that degree. But a lot of my stuff is free time, right? And in that free time, you talk to yourself a lot. So I think that's a fun fact, because I think that's where my imagination and my dreams really come to life. You create a little space there so i think that's probably a fun fact i think that i have a lot more open space in my mind uh than i realized <laughs> talk to myself man that's that's a hard one to follow um fun fact for me and i think it just goes back to what we were talking about with like set out for a goal and do it and it's okay that that path is, doesn't end up being what you want to do so for myself the reason why i went to school and went to the university where, where ice and i ended up linking up was um, I wanted to be in medicine. So I graduated with the pre-med type degree and I um, was an EMT and I was going down that path completely. Um, and um, really what had happened was there was a situation that happened that day and um, I was one of the responders to it. And afterwards I went to uh, a lunch with one of the doctors and he just kind of sat me down and was like, ask these same questions. What's your why? What are you doing this for? And yeah. Um, Honestly, that was kind of the point at which I was like, maybe that isn't for me. I loved helping people, but 
it was a whole lot harder for me to learn about molecular biology and immunology than it was my passion of understanding finances, the way the world works and going. So what people might not know about me is, um, you know, I had a whole nother path going. And I just think that's important because um, a lot of folks feel like because you've already started the journey is something you have to see it through when it comes to, you know, where you want your life to go. And that's not the truth. You like you make your own decisions. And so, um, yeah, something about me. I was almost on a completely different path. (laughs) Nearly a doctor. (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but yeah. (laughs) Um, When people hear this and they want to reach out to you guys, what's the best way? So we have a website, uh, www.themoneymailbox.com. All of our courses are on there. Um, we also, Nate, our third partner, who wasn't able to make it today, um, he's actually an agent um, in Denver, Colorado, who's 100% focused, or I'll, I'll call it 99% focused on real estate investors, <laughs> helping folks get into house hacking. Um, the courses come as part of working with Nate as well. So there's an additional benefit as part of your buyer life cycle. You also get to work with us. Um, so you can contact him through that website as well. And then in addition, Instagram, uh, we do have an Instagram page. We post snippets similar to the discussions we've been talking about today, um, you know, quite often. And we also have snippets of our courses on there, the link in the bio to both our website and our courses. And um, we have some other fun, fun things planned for this year, whether that be some, you know, meetups some mastermind um, opportunities to bring like-minded individuals together, uh, that type of thing. So more to follow, but I would say, uh, website and, and Instagram. Awesome. Okay. You want to add anything to that, Isaac, or is that? No, those are, those are beautiful. Um, final question for you, uh, each, what is some piece, and I, I think you've touched on this to some degree, but what, what is a piece of advice in, in you're doing this since you're, you're sort of teaching, but what, what piece of advice do you give someone who is wanting to get started in real estate? You know, we've been sort of here for the last, uh, hour talking about, how much we believe in it and, and what, so, so what is the, what is the piece of advice you give to people, you know, that want to get started? Save $35,000. And find out a way how, right? <laughs> Figure it out. Okay. Um, you know, like, I think that, and I'm using that number as an oddly specific, but like, it's literally that. And that's why people don't do it. You give them a practical next step and they won't do it. And I think that's the hardest part. When people say, I want to invest in real estate. They're like, okay, how do we do that? Well, we need money or you need to go find money. One of the two, either you have it or someone else has it, right? And I think my practical advice of who wants to invest in real estate is go get some money. You need money. You can't do this without money. And I think that that's the practical next step is like, okay, I would love to invest in real estate. Okay, what's the next step? Well, I need to save. Wow. Okay. Am I saving right now? Oh, I'm not. Okay. And then plan it out. All right. If I need about $35,000 and I save a thousand dollars a month, how long is that going to take? And then you're going to say, that's going to take way too long. I got to get my active income up. I got to get my savings rate up. I need to save more. So I think that's my practical advice is save for a down payment or partner with someone and go in on a deal together Just say, Hey, you bring the money. I'll bring the deal. We'll split it down the middle. If we exit, you know, and I think that that's a great way to get started too. Like, too many people are looking for an excuse instead of looking for a reason. It's like when people get married, right? Like you're either looking to be with them or you're looking to escape it. But one one of two is true, right? So I think it's like, if you really want it, you're going to go get it. 
And I think the practical next step is to get your money right and to uh, put your down payment on the table. Why 35,000? Well, I think 35,000 is about three and a half to 5% in most markets. And I think that most people, when they think about buying a real estate investment, investment, um, they're not ready to put down 20%. Like it's a big step for your first one, right? So I think it's best to live it buy, buy a house that you think someone would actually want to live in a rental and just go live in it for a second, do three and a half or 5%, make it nice. You know, I fix up all my rentals. I live in all of them. I buy, I'm, this is a, a house. It's a new build townhome and I'm living in it and I'm going to move out, you know, and rent this thing out behind me, you know, and you can get in this for 5%, you know? Um, so I think that I just threw that out there because, you know, right around 500, 600,000 will get you something. And then uh, you can move into it for a small down payment. Um, and then you you have the ability to back yourself up with some cash in the bank, you know, on top of that, you know, so if you you want a little bit of cushion there. Um, and I think that 35,000 should get you a down payment and put you right on the fringe of being able to have, you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars in the bank. Um, so you feel comfortable. And then uh, from that point, then you can figure out step two. And, and to be clear, that's for the Denver market. Um, so use those numbers as you see fit for your market. Like, I know in areas like Buffalo, New York, you can get a duplex for 240,000. So cut yeah, that. The principle stays the same. Yeah. And and the reason I ask guys, because I, I, I think I figured I knew where you were going with that number, but I also, I, I think it's, it is good to have a achievable goal, right? Like it's, a, it's, it's not necessarily an easy goal. If someone's, you know, sort of switching from a, uh, you know, a life of, debt and you know sort of not not saving but it's an achievable goal if you were like you need two hundred fifty thousand to say you exactly. know they're going to be out right mm -hmm. so it's like what's a number that that is is imparts the the meaning of this like this the the severity behind it if you will i guess but like just that it's it's not like oh you got to save 500 bucks like you do need some money i, I agree people say you can be in real estate without money i, I I think that I think that leads people in the wrong direction. I do think you need to have your own finances in in check and and be able to demonstrate that you can, you know, sort of accumulate some money to do something with it. Even even if you want to get a partner because like if why would someone who has money be like, yeah, I'll give this guy money who can't save right anything like it it doesn't it kind of probably isn't a realistic expectation to say you can get into real estate with no money you might i mean you might be able to do things like wholesale and whatever and like actually start to grow that money but you still need to grow that money i mean you, you need to find you can use a portion of real estate to help grow your wealth but like to really get into you know buying a property and things like that you do you do need some money in, at least mm -hmm. um, and also prove it to yourself you're, right. you know, once yeah. you are a real estate investor, you you're taking yeah. other people's hard-earned money and their expectation is that you're going to be able to handle that, right. pay off the expenses of that property. So your mortgage and anything else that comes with that. Yeah. And, um, and they're paying for a place to live, but that all comes down to you being able to manage the money aspect of that transaction. So right. by you being able to prove it to yourself and save enough to get into a home, that's enough for you to prove it and say, well, I can handle what I'm about to obtain, which is right. that responsibility. Right. And it's, um, a, it's a, just one more like comment. It's, it's a, 
a confidence, like you said, prove it yourself and also momentum, right? So you said $35,000, I save $1,000 a month. It's going to be basically three years. But what if you, you know, you get three months in, you're saving $1,000 a month and you're like, huh, this is happening. And you're like, next month, I'm going to save $2,000. You're exactly. like, you will start, you're like, I don't want to wait three years to be able to do this. I'm going to figure out another way. Like, I'm going to drive for Uber after work. And what whatever the thing is, like, you're going to start to realize, like, hey, wait a minute, this is actually a meaningful goal. So um, I, I, I like that, uh, you know, sort of just putting it, even though it sounds like an specific, arbitrarily specific, specific you number. You need a dart on the board to start, yep. you know, yep. somewhere. Because otherwise... I wrote down when you were saying that you got to earn it. And I think that's the problem with our society is no one wants to earn anything anymore. It's like, oh yeah, I want to be a real estate investor. I'm going to be on every forum. And then it comes time to say, all right, where's your money? No one has money. No one wants it. No, no one has the grit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where you got to just be oddly specific with yourself. Like, okay, I need 26,000. I need 15,000, like run the numbers for your market. And then put a bullseye on it, add $5,000 for closing costs and probably another 10,000 or 5,000 for whatever you want to have in the bank. So you're not feeling stressed. And then, you know, that, that will help you on your goal setting. Yeah, no, that's great. It's a great idea. Um, how about you, Nick? What's your, what's your advice to getting started? Yeah. Um, my advice would be uh, multifold. So a allow yourself to dream. Here's the reality. If folks haven't, done that for themselves, the folks surrounding you, AK, what I had mentioned, my parents never did this. They did W-2 jobs, invested in their 401k, bought a single family home. That's what they did, right? So they didn't understand the concept and they were scared of me taking this leap, right? But it's okay. And you need to realize that you need to allow yourself to dream. And it's, it's a reality that many of the folks around you likely aren't going to have the same dream you do. And that's okay but you need to allow yourself to dream. That being said, those dreams, A, you should only vocalize them um, if you are gonna be the person that says that, you know, you're gonna do something and you do it. Um, and, you know, the, the third piece to this is really educate yourself. You know, like we had mentioned, we're talking about numbers like we already know them. It's because we educated ourselves. We know how to go find those numbers. Do your due diligence, learn, find a mentor in the space. Um, go, uh, go check out our courses, come talk to us. Like that's the whole point. Uh, there's many folks out there that are willing to help you and teach you. And they're not just going to give up their time as they have all this momentum going behind them, unless, you know, you're doing something for yourself and you're coming to the table with, Hey, I actually have been doing quite a bit of research and I have a few questions with, for someone that's been doing it for a while. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I would say is when it comes to mentors, make sure to not just find a mentor who's already buying apartment complexes and worth tens of millions of dollars. Like it's important. And the whole premise of what we're doing is um, we're documenting every step of the way. So in the long term, if you were to get started today, right? Isaac's at nine doors, I'm at six. Like in the long term, say we all get to the point where we're buying apartment complexes. Who really cares about the first five or 10 that we got? Like you are right behind us on the journey. Go find folks similar to ourselves or come talk with us. But it's important to find folks that have just gone through the phase that you're about to and not just the folks that are, you know, at the peak and the pinnacle of, of real estate investing. And then lastly, 
don't, you know, it's important to simplify this. Real estate investing is just a smart decision and it's a life-changing one for sure, but it's an investment. It's one of the balls that you're juggling in life. So remember to keep that, you know, in mind and don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Awesome. Um, listen, guys, this has been great. Uh, I really, really appreciate your perspective and, and, you know, kind of everything we talked about here was, was really fantastic conversation. So thanks for, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for taking out the time. I, I do appreciate it very much. Of course, Jason, thanks for having us. And, uh, we would love to return the favor. I want to talk more about syndication. So maybe, you know, we can get you on, yep. on a recording here soon. We'll happy, talk through it. Happy to do that. Yeah. Happy to do that. Um, Folks listening, uh, I'm sure you're going to love this episode and get a lot of value, especially folks that that, that want to get started. So, so check these guys out. Check out Money Mailbox and Isaac and Nick. Um, and uh, please like, rate, and review the show so we can have more fantastic guests. Thank you. Have a great day. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.